Unleash Your Supernova Live. I am your host, Noble Rain, and the author of Unleash Your Supernova, available at your favorite bookstores. I'm also a mother of four, the founder of Rain Magazine, Pink Kangaroo, the Rain School of Fashion, and Noble Rain International. I am here with one of my favorite people in the world, my co-host, Ryan Anderson, founder of Ryan Esquire, a business and peak performance coaching and consulting company. He'll be joining me as my partner in crime as we help you unleash your supernova. If you end up liking Ryan as much as I do, you can get more by checking out RyanEsquire.com. That's Ryan with an O, R-Y-O-N, Esquire.com. Join the fun live every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern as we help you increase creativity, beat burnout, and happily survive the roller coaster of creative entrepreneurship. This show is the companion to the book, Unleash Your Supernova, your go-to guide for immediately usable tips on mindset, creativity hacks, decreasing stress, and unlocking your limitless potential. If you miss us on Fridays on BBS Radio, no problem. Make sure to download and subscribe to the Unleash Your Supernova podcast. Hey, Ryan. Hey, how's it going, Nova? I'm good. I'm good. You know, I just finished watching WandaVision with my kids. Are you a Marvel fan? I am. You know, I'm not a super fan. I'm aware because I have friends who are super nerds and uh, keep me informed. But um, (laughs) I I know I've I've seen it on uh, Netflix, right? It's a Netflix show? I think so. You know what? I'm not sure which channel we watched it on because they're releasing a show once a week. So we're not doing the binge watching like most <laughs> shows now nowadays mm-hmm. that we watch. And it's funny to see my kids because they are literally a wreck because they can't watch another episode afterwards. And I'm like, um, this is what we used to do back in the day. Like this was regular yeah. TV watching before Netflix, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's a really interesting show though. I'm getting hooked. Are you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm having a hard time finding a show I really, really love right now. I, like my, my favorite show recently was Suits, which is not that recent, but that was my like binge worthy. Oh, yeah. I could sit for a week. Yeah, I loved it. And um, I, it, I've, I've really been looking for a while, and I've got some that I'm watching, but none that I love. So uh-huh. um, that's kind of where I am right now. I heard of Suits. I never watched it, and but I heard that the fashion was incredible. <laughs> Oh, absolutely, yeah, (laughs) yeah. If you like women who are in, like, power positions, power jobs, and dress elegantly and sophisticated, but a little bit of, like, style and flair, yeah, it's the Mm -hmm. show for you. Yeah, totally. Okay, okay. Well, you know, I don't get around to watching TV too often, but I am dragged in on the weekends to watch anime with my family. My youngest son is a big anime fan, so that tends to be our weekend deal if we're not on the road traveling for gymnastics. <laughs> right, that's right, what I'm right. Doing. Or you're not snowed in in, you know, middle of Amish country. I know, right? Like two right. feet of yeah, snow. Yeah. What is that all about? Yeah, yeah. Oh well, you know, I'm in Austin, Texas, where it's like 75 degrees today. So uh, that whole two foot of snow thing, I'm not real familiar <laughs> with. You know, you'll have to, A, you can keep it up there, and B, you'll have to let me know what it's really like. Well, I don't know if this is going to be forever for me, but I'll bear through it. But I will say, I did brave the cold um, mm-hmm. last weekend. I went out running every day before we got snowed in, 
and it was 20 mm-hmm. degrees outside. I just bundled up, put my my ski jacket on because, you know, I get cold really easily. Oh, and I was like, right. you know what? If I could do it in 20-degree weather while it's snowing, listen, <laughs> okay? No more excuses. I could do it whenever. So I was really proud of myself because not only was I outside in the cold, but I was also running. And I haven't run in a right. minute. I've been walking a lot but not running, so I was really proud of myself. It is good. I know. I love the uh, no excuses except for the two foot of snow part. That, that, that's that's one point. <laughs> so. Well, you know what? Today we're going to talk about how to start with your why when it comes to your business and actually how it also applies to everything in your life, actually. And it's something that I think as entrepreneurs, we sort of take for granted, you know, we come up with this idea mm-hmm. and we're like, great, we want to plunge ahead. Let's go for it. Let's do it. And then, you know, months in, sometimes weeks, and sometimes it may take years, you know, we're either burnt out or miserable or on a hamster wheel that we created and we can't figure mm-hmm. out why. And so I thought it was really important to put this topic in my book because I know I went through that journey and... I know that it's really good to reflect on why you're doing something Mm -hmm. frequently, right? Because we just get caught up in circumstances. And so Mm -hmm. I think it's a really great topic that we can talk about today. Absolutely. So you know what? I think what I'll do to start things off is I'm going to read a passage from the Unleash Your Supernova book, and then we'll just dive in. Okay. I think you're going to like this one. (laughs) One day, so this is is, um, the the book for those of you who have it and or will be getting it. Hint, hint, hint. Others have seen what is and asked why. I've seen what could be and asked why not. And that's a quote by Pablo Picasso. And the section is, it starts with the why. One day, a colleague and friend, Ryan Anderson, mindset coach and brain theory expert, asked me a simple question, why? Why, I repeated back to him, yes. Why are you doing what what you're doing? I want you to really think about that. I want you to go back to your original why, he said. I paused for a long moment as I thought to myself, why? It's been a long time since I thought about this. And this was the first time I was asked to go back to my original inspiration behind all that I was doing. Quite a few years ago had pa- quite a few years had passed since the day I chose this unpredictable path I'm currently on. After a moment of silence, I took a mental trip back to my past, to the time when I was not yet married, a mother, or a seasoned creative. I hadn't any entrepreneurial endeavors of my own or even lived in a big city. During that phase of my life, although very young and naive, I was full of passion and had a g- clear vision for what I wanted to do in life, and more importantly, why. Then my thoughts jolted me back to the present moment. I pondered, what about now? After my coach's question sunk in, I realized that, of course, I knew the answer. To help people, I thought to myself, it's always been about aiding others. So I'm going to say stop there because I feel that my why was something that intuitively came to me and has pretty much stayed true even though my how has changed many, yeah. many times. <laughs> multiple, 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 multiple times, yeah, yeah. But um, I want to put this back on you, and I want you to share with me either a moment you figured out your why or had to figure out your why to reverse the course of anything that you were doing. 
You've been waiting a year to turn these tables on me, haven't you? Yes, I have. <laughs> yeah, 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 I figured that. You know, it's, it's a really, really good, interesting question. And um, it's funny because why was my favorite question as a child growing up? I mean, just I, it still is today as an adult, which it goes back to why I asked you that question in the beginning. Um, because I think it's just such a root question. It's such a simple but profound question that, you know, depending on how uh, what, what you're asking it to specifically can be really, really difficult to answer. And, you know, my why... As far as, like, why I do what I do, you know, it really kind of didn't come from, like, why do I want to be a coach? It was much deeper Mm -hmm. to, like, why why am I here to the point of, like, what am I here Mm. to do? So my why kind of became what, and it became a long journey. And it took a – I mean, we're talking – I probably was able to answer this question legitimately correctly for me about a year ago. And it goes back to um, identity, which you and I have discussed before. And what it's so important. Yeah. What's so important about identity is it's the way in which you see yourself in the world and your role in that world. Right. And for me, you know, um, part of my story is like, you know, I lost my vision at 11 years old from a, 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 an illness, right? I was almost 12. Uh, up until then, my goal in life was being an NFL quarterback. I mean, that was what I was going to do with my life. I mean, I'm the kid in the backyard, you know, throwing a football tire swing because my idol was Joe Montana, and that's what he had done. I'd read about it. You know, like a, mm-hmm. you know doing like, things that you do as a coach that teach people how to, like, model the role models, all the stuff that I was doing, like, <laughs> unknowingly, right? And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, like, still in place in the video games, taking my, my to recess and make my friends like run these routes, I mean, all these things that I'm doing to like achieve my dream, right? And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. boom, I, I randomly get sick, have a brain abscess, my brain swells, uh, hits the nerves mm-hmm. and make you see where they cross, and boom, I wake up literally overnight, cannot see, right? Dreams completely gone. I'm supposed to be dead mm-hmm. or severely brain damaged, and luckily all I had was not able to see, right? Well, the problem was mm-hmm. my identity was gone. Like I had no idea who I was, right, or who I was anymore, where I was going to, like, where I was going to be because my dreams were gone. And I, right. I, you know, I went through life and, and did the things I was supposed to do. Like, I mean, I graduated high school, you know, I went to college, got a master's in counseling psych, and I went to law school, a law degree, member of Texas, all the things that were taught that were supposed to do that looks like I'm super successful, right? But I, I, mm-hmm. I didn't, I was just doing them because, the reality was it kept me in school and allowed me to be social with friends and not, you know, living at home with my parents, right? So um, not a very uh, compelling or uh, redeeming why, right? So, um, you know, I, I, so I, you know, I got a job, and then I, I hated it. I hated being behind a desk. I just didn't like the research and writing. I didn't like the environment. I didn't like who I was becoming. I was, I was becoming very negative because, A, the environment, and, B, um, being a lawyer. It's kind of a very negative mindset. So... I really started examining, like, you know, what do I want to do with my life? Like, what, like who, who do I want to be, right? And, and, and you know, that led mm. to taking self-development classes and, and, and coaching classes and business coaching classes. And along that journey, if this goes back to the identity part, that's when I discovered that, you know, I still see myself as that NFL quarterback. I'm still that person. Okay. It just switched from... You know, like the, the tangible things, how far can you throw a ball? How pretty is your spiral? How accurate are you? More toward leadership things, right? Like leader, leader of, you know, in, in this case, example would be men, right? 
you know, uh, vision, uh, uniting mm-hmm. people behind a common purpose, right? And that really helped me answer my why, because once I knew who I was, um, what my role in the world was, I now knew what my why was. And, and my why is, you know, I get up because I want to help shape the leaders uh, of tomorrow, right? Whether it's business, whether it's athletes, you know, whatever it may be. And, and I do this because I want to make the world a better place. And I, that has become my why, right? So let me jump in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I want to jump in there because um, there was something that you said a couple minutes ago that initially your why wasn't a noble why, right? You're yeah. like, well, that's, I wanted to be an NFL, you know, um, player, right? Right. That was one mm-hmm. of your original lives. And I think that, just a comment on that, uh, I think that it's so important, you know, for individuals that are trying to figure out their why to mm-hmm. really make sure they're not using any judgment, right? Because we have these preconceived notions Agreed. and we have, you know, the expectations of the individuals in our social circles, maybe mm-hmm. family, friends, bosses, yep. whomever, and, or, or society. And I think that mm-hmm. it's important as we are exploring that why, like, why are you doing what you're doing? Why did I choose to go running last weekend, mm-hmm. you know, in 20 degree weather? Why did I choose to pivot from psychology to fashion? You know, why did I choose to become a mother? I think mm-hmm. that when we're examining these whys, we really should be careful to not put any judgment around it and really let that feeling guide us. And so I have this whole system that I created, but just to mm-hmm. get the the really mini version, simplified version is when you're figuring out your why and you're asking yourself that question, two things, and you're going to feel your way to the right answer. Does it feel good mm-hmm. or it does it not? You know, does it right. feel good for that why to be the NFL player? Yes or no. Does it feel mm-hmm. good for that why to really shape and impact leaders, you know, that you had mentioned your current why is? Yes or no. Mm-hmm. And if the answer doesn't feel good, then that's when you should re-examine what you're doing because maybe you're not doing it for the right reasons. You know, a lot of times we pursue something to impress someone, to make up for something, you know, for accolades or whatever it is, and it's not really in line with what we really want to do or who we really want to be. And that inner gut really knows what we want. I mean, not all of us pay attention to it. But right. it really knows, and if we kind of just slow down and listen, then we can better navigate ourselves through our feelings and our emotions. So I just wanted to, to touch on that as well. No, and I agree. Yeah, and there, was a, there was a part of that that you mentioned that I, I, I think is important, too. Like, for me, you mentioned, like, you know, your gut, well, it's no fits right. For me, it wasn't that I didn't, you know, like, that I didn't get the NFL quarterback was, you know, an important part of me. I actually had a lot of embarrassment acknowledging that even to myself because I'm one of those people like, you know, if you have an accomplishment, you shouldn't, if you haven't, if you haven't accomplished it, you shouldn't like believe it or brag about it, right, on some level. And, and so like for me, I had to work past that to then be able to accept this is who I truly am, right? And this is who I, not only, that, not only who I truly am, but this is who I truly want to be because this is how, how I will change the world. And once I like, mm. accepted that, it was so freeing from an emotional perspective, right? 
because it removed right. all that guilt that I had that was stopping me from freely expressing who I truly was and what I truly wanted to accomplish with my time here on Earth, which is to make the world a better place. Like, I mean, that it truly is my goal. And like, that's a big, hairy, audacious goal, right? And, 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 yeah. and no, not everybody wants to admit that. And I, but I had to remove that emotional break, if you will, uh, or blockage, or whatever you want to call it, in order to truly be able to, like, you know, on this broadcast, express that. I, I wouldn't have done that two years ago, you know? So. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's a really good point. And it made me think back to when I was in grad school and I was, you know, on the path of getting my doctorate in clinical psychology and I couldn't shake the the thought of, you know, going to New York and studying fashion. And somewhere deep inside, I knew that was how I was going to help people. I didn't know how. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't mm-hmm. know what the connection was going to be because mm-hmm. I was in a really comfortable, you know, position. I had a full scholarship. I was, you know, in a pretty secure path. You know, if I get my mm-hmm. PhD, I get a, you know, a job mm-hmm. as a professor or a clinician or a researcher, and I'm good. You know, and mm-hmm. I got a medical mm-hmm. scholarship. I had a teaching position. The American already, dream, and... Nova. The American dream. <laughs> Living the dream. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here I am wanting to step away from that to pursue something that was the opposite. It wasn't secure. There was no guarantee. There was no pre-laid path. And I was judging myself. I was like, well, why would you leave, you know, getting your doctorate for you know, mm-hmm. being a fashion yep. designer, you know, what is that? You know, this is the yep. in, the inner talk that was going on. And when I removed that and figured out, and, I, and I'll and i be honest, I didn't go through this <laughs> method that I came up with recently, but when I removed the judgment, what came to me was that I really wanted to impact the history of fashion. I really wanted mm-hmm. to make a change in a positive way that can inspire other creatives and other individuals that love that space as much as I did. And that's what I held on to. And that's what guided me and gave me the confidence to pivot. And so again, Mm -hmm. when we identify that reason and if it feels good, you know, it feels, and, and that feeling is powerful. You know, it's not like a, I don't know. (laughs) You know? Right. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's one of those, like, I will die for this or it's crazy what you will sacrifice on the path to accomplishing your why once you discover your true why, right? I mean, it, money, relationships sometimes, security, like you're talking about, as far as, like, the illusion of security from a job, right? It, it, it's all things you mm-hmm. sacrifice because we're, like, it, we're, we're working toward this, you know, big, hairy, audacious why that, that, that you know, people like you and I, entrepreneur, entrepreneurs have. Like, you know, that's the reality. I mean, that, you know, the entrepreneur, entrepreneurial journey is not easy, and um, it's not for the fan of heart, and it takes a huge, compelling why to take that risk, you know, stick through the ups and downs, and, and, and you know, hopefully emerge on the other side uh, successful and, and actually a better person for the journey. Absolutely. And, you know, I also want to emphasize that those whys can change along your yes. journey, and that's okay, like yours did. And they will. Right? Yeah. And they will. And, and I think it's so important to reassess 
your wives? Yeah. I mean, I say every three months, I think you should, because I feel that we, it's so easy for us to get into a routine due to circumstance. And mm-hmm. then that <laughs> quickly builds mm-hmm. into this, you know, endless maze or roller coaster. And now you have this huge to-do list, this task list that you're just getting up every day just to check, check, check. And mm-hmm. it's really left field from your true purpose or passion, you know. And so I think it's really good to check in because maybe the why for why you decided to, I don't know, let's just say move to a new city, it was is different now that you've been there, you know, for 12 months. Mm-hmm. And you, if you're unhappy, then reassess, you know, why am I here? And when my husband and I and, and my kids were living in New York, and <laughs> when I was um, in fashion schools in New York, I moved away for a few years and could not wait to move back. Like, that was my mission. I was going to get back to New York City. And then finally... Um, our family moved back and we were there for many years, almost 10 years. And the reason why I needed to be in New York at that time, I was like, I want to pursue my dream. I want to launch my own fashion company. I want to change the world through fashion, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know, my family grew from two to four and now we're getting closer to like the seven year mark of being in New York, eight year mark. And then I started feeling like I was running empty on what New York was to me as in terms of inspiration. And it wasn't mm-hmm. giving me what it once did when I first was there. And I had to really evaluate, oh, why am I still here if I'm not inspired anymore? And it's so important as creatives that we don't ignore when that well is running dry. You right. know, and because without that inspiration, without the, you know, refilling of what gives you that kick to get up every day, what gives you that, you know, the boost of ideas that you have, you know, without that, then you're not going to perform at your best. And so I think it's so important to do that reevaluation, maybe every three months, maybe six months, be every year and a half, whatever that marker is for you, and check in to make sure that it's still in line with your true purpose. I agree, because especially as creators, like, as you and I are, like, you know, if you don't have that why, like, you don't have that, like you said, you know, that, that creative inspiration, well, once it runs dry, like, it's impossible to do your job. Like, I mean, I mean, how, like, you know, this isn't adding numbers, right? Like, you know, if that once that well is dry, the part of you that is your moneymaker, like, it's empty, you know, there's no more ideas, you know, there's no more beautiful phrasing or beautiful art or beautiful, you know, in your case, like, you know, fashion design, right? Like, you're done. Like, you know, I, you right. can't fake it, right? And so, like, it's super important for, for creators like us to, to like I said, check in and, and remain r- remain inspired, right? Um, and that takes work. You know? I mean, it's not just something that happens. I mean, we like to think the inspiration is like, this gift from God, the universe, and it is, but, you know, it can be nurtured. It can kind of be, not gamified, but, like, you know, do the things required to ensure or to improve the odds that you're going to have more days of inspiration than not, right? Um, and that's, that's, that's really the key to success in the field of creativity. I want to ask you, how would someone recognize, let's say they don't have this check-in, this regular check-in, yeah. And yeah. they're doing their thing, you know, they started an enterprise, 
um, or a new project, and they are like, I want to do this for this reason, and they're gung-ho. Mm-hmm. How would someone recognize when it's time to check in or when it's time to reevaluate, in your opinion? You know, um, it really is for the AI we talks about when, when they're super passionate. They like, jump out of bed and they're ready like, to attack the day. And, and that's great. And the reality is we have good and bad days. You don't wake up every day, I don't care how inspired you are, ready to you know tackle the day. Some days you just don't have it. But, you know, you're going a week, two weeks, a month, right? And, and, and like, you know, you, you're you not coming up with new ideas. You know, you're not feeling motivated to, to put in the work, whether it's research, whether it's writing, whether it's interviews, whether it's, uh, you know, making sales calls. You're not putting in that work that you know you need to do in order to, like, move your business, move your idea forward, right? You know, that stuff starts happening, and, and you're, just, you're just not in the mood to essentially do what you need to do to be successful, you know, it's time mm-hmm. to, to check in and be like, have I lost my creativity or am I just burned out and I simply need to recharge, whether that's, you know, take a few days off, uh, get more sleep, you know, start meditating or start whatever. Like, people uh, recharge in different ways. So, you know, once you mm-hmm. know what recharges you and, and, and you try that and you're not recharged, then more than likely it's you're no longer creatively inspired. And that could be because the work is no longer creative, uh, uh, it's no longer creatively inspirational to you. Maybe it's a family issue. You know, maybe you have something going on in your family or friends um, that are distracting you uh, from your from really uh, tapping into that you know creative inspiration, that creative potential, right? Uh, and, and you know, once you kind of go through that process of elimination, then it comes down to uh, questioning. Okay, do I if it's friends and family? Uh, you know, can I remove myself from those people? And the answer is yes, and that's what you do. If the answer is no, then, you know, you have to come up with different solutions. If it's, you know, I'm no longer creatively inspired by the work I'm doing, then it's okay. Uh, is it I have to completely quit this job, quit this business that I'm in, or can I pivot it? Can I change it somewhat to where I'm now a little bit inspired, right? Um, mm-hmm. And, and it's, it's a process, and it's not clean. It's not easy. You know, it, it's it's as much of a journey figuring that out as it is a journey of, you know, the entrepreneurial journey, right? It's full of ups and downs and twists and turns uh, to, to figure that out. But it's definitely worth the journey, worth the process, because without that creative inspiration, like I said, they empty as well, and your moneymaker is no longer making you money. So <laughs> That's so true. And, you know, I think also a lot of us are, we start a path, um, that may begin as early as high school in terms mm-hmm. of choosing something what, that you want to do in life, or maybe even sooner, maybe it's middle school, yeah. and you're on this yeah. path, and it's like boom, 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 and, and mm-hmm. you know, let's just say I want to be a volleyball player, and so you're doing all these volleyball tournaments, and, mm-hmm. and this is just all you've done, and now you're in college, and you're the volleyball player, and then you're not happy anymore you're not enjoying Mm -hmm. that experience and you know i think that we forget that we have a choice to pivot you know when it's time to pivot or let's say you're for me anyway when i was a freshman um i changed my major like three or four times because i just wasn't enjoying the courses i was taking a lot of science courses biology and avian physiology i did like physics by the way but I was taking a lot of science courses, and I just didn't enjoy them. And so I wanted to find something. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be in school and paying for these courses, and this is my time. I want to at least enjoy what I'm learning. 
Mm-hmm. And I then started to look for something else to major in. I ended up right back into pre-med. But, <laughs> but I think that a lot of us are afraid to pivot. Well, one, either we don't think we can choose or change course. Right. Um, right. Or we're afraid to because of what may be thought of us if we do. Like some, some people yeah. may feel that it's, you know, either their family or friends or whomever may see them as a failure or a quitter. You know, so how do yep. you navigate around yep. that? So you, you know, you, you're you know, not feeling good, but. Yeah. You know, to me, it's important to remember that we change. Like, like people evolve, right? Like, I don't know about you. I changed tremendously from 18 to 21 and then from 21 to 25, right? And then even from 25 to 30, like, you know, in some ways it's ridiculous that we expect people to, to choose a, like when you're in college, choose a major at 18 and expect them to know what the hell they want to do when they're 35 years old, right? I mean, some people do. Some people know they want to be a doctor, and they're a doctor, and they're happy the whole way through. I was much That's more right. like you. I was like, I don't have a clue what I want to do, right? And, I mean, I graduated law school, and I wasn't sure I wanted to be a lawyer. I mean, it just it took me a long time to really figure out what I truly want to do. And I think just knowing and accepting that change is inevitable Change mm-hmm. is okay. Matter of fact, I think it's exciting personally, but not everybody does. Mm-hmm. But it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. It's okay. And, you know, just because you no longer love doing what you're doing and you want to change careers completely doesn't make you a failure. You know, it, it, just, it just means that you've moved beyond where you were and, and this new path is going to re-energize you and, and, and ultimately make you happier. Because it's weird. Truthfully, happiness is in the um, work. It's it basically it's in the journey toward achieving a goal. Like that's really where the happiness is. I mean, we achieve it, we're super happy for a few seconds, but like true ultimate happiness is in that constant, persistent uh, pursuit of your potential, and it's on that journey toward achieving a goal. That's really where people are happy, and that's why when people like get stagnant, like in their career, that's why they're miserable. Because they're no longer working toward anything. They're stuck where they are, and, and mm. you can't go. That sucks. I don't know about you, but I hate <laughs> not being able to progress, right? Like, it's, it's a miserable place to be. And and so, like, like you know, talking about, like, that, that, with, with knowing when it's time to, like, creatively pivot. You know, if you feel you're stuck, it's time to creatively pivot because you're happiness, happiest when you're working toward a goal. Now, not to say you're not going to have ups and downs, but you're still happiest. That's right working toward that goal. You know, progress. So Humans love moving forward. We just do. Whether it's yeah. physically or whether it's, you know, emotionally or intellectually, right? That's right. That's right. Well, this is a good time to recognize our sponsor, and then we can get to some questions from our listeners. And so this episode is brought to you by the Pink Kangaroo Network, and that's Kangaroo with a U, and it's a new podcast network for wild thinkers. So if you are a host and an amazing storyteller and looking for like-minded listeners, then Pink Kangaroo is your home. And if you're a listener and you want to be inspired, educated, or entertained, definitely check out the Pink Kangaroo, that's Kangaroo with a U, network. All right. So I am excited to get to our questions from our listeners, and these were sent in before the show. So, are you ready? I am. I am. Right, I'm super good. excited about this. 
Yeah. All right. I love Q and A. Question number one: Is the to do list still a thing? If so, how can I make it most efficient? So, um, uh, to if you want to look at to do list as in like little term, literal terms, to do list, absolutely not. Um, because really, what to do lists are end up being for most people is a bunch of you know task crap that you need to get done, right? And if that's all you want to get want to get done for your day, they're fine. But if you're really wanting to like you know move your business, move your life toward a direction, really what you need is you kind of need like a a, a Essentially, like you and I talk about, right? Like, like, you know, like have your big, huge, hairy, audacious goals, which are like, you know, three to five years out. Have your one-year goal, then, you know, reverse engineer that to what you're going to do um, in the next month, week, day to get that done. That's kind of how I view, you know, to-do list too, right? You, you prioritize the big, major things that you need to get done that will move your business, move your life forward in the biggest way. So it's like return on investment, right? And those are the things that need to be at the top of your list that you're going to get done no matter what else comes up that day. And, of course, you know, life happens and not everything is done. But those are the things that, like, should be non-negotiable 98% of the days that you're working, right? And and once those are done, because those are the big things that move, move your life, your business forward, then you can go down to those tasks that, or just what I call like rat killing tasks, like just things you have to get done <laughs> because, killing. like, yeah, yeah, they are. Like, you know, the things you have to get done because they're like things for life. Like, you know, get your hair done, you know, call the doctor, go to the dentist, whatever they may, go grocery shopping, whatever they may be, right? Um, and you know, if you're in a financial position where you can afford to hire people to do those, uh, then that's actually a better thing to do too. Because if you're looking for, uh, you know, because time is money, like we'll say, uh, if you're looking at, you know. That math, if you can hire somebody to do it at $35 an hour, but yet you're making $300 an hour doing what you're doing, why would you not hire somebody so you can work an extra hour making, you know, money, right? But most people are in that situation. But that's kind of how I view to-do lists. Uh, okay. That, 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 if that makes sense. No, no, it does. I have a different perspective. I don't disagree okay. with the goal setting and the prioritizing. I absolutely agree with that. And I do think that, yes, sometimes it's this, you know, list of 100 tasks and it's absolutely useless. So actually, I do agree Mm -hmm. with that. I used to actually live by to-do lists and and I had some very inefficient inefficient to-do lists and then Mm -hmm. figured out how to make them more efficient. And now I've really simplified them. And so I would be the one that would literally write down my wish list of all the things I wanted to do for that day. And sometimes it'd be 20 things, right? Right. And then you feel miserable at the end of the day because maybe you got to three or four of them. And then the next day rolls around and now that's rolling into the next day and you're adding another 20. And so then you, again, have this sort of feeling of failure and it continues and Mm -hmm. you become less productive. So then I came across um, a system where... You take your list and you divide it into three categories. You have your personal, you have business, and then you have family. Yes, so personal, business, family, whatever that is. Okay. And even if you're single, okay. there's still family stuff, you know, if you're of course. sister, cousin, yeah. whatever, right? And yeah. then you create just three things within those three categories. And then mm-hmm. that seemed much more doable. Like, oh, okay, yeah. so for yeah. personal, I want to meditate, I want to do this, I want to do that. And now... I literally, three things. That's it. 
But I don't care if it's personal, whatever. If mm-hmm. I'm going to really prioritize and really zero in on what are those three things that are going to move the needle forward. Yep. And it's one, you know, it could be one for family, one for business, one for personal. And whatever it is, it should be moving the needle forward in whatever goal I have, period. And if I can check off, and most people can check off three things. I mean, really? Like three things for the day. And then you feel accomplished, and that weight doesn't carry over with you the next day. And then you feel like you're just getting heavier and heavier as the day goes on, and eventually you're like, forget it. I'm done. This isn't working. And so now I have my three item lists. But I do think... To do list do work, I think there's some magic in just writing things down and not just typing it in your phone. No. Right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and I also think you made two super important points. One of them is the thing about to do list is you do whatever like structure wise, whatever works for you. If, if like what you, what you describe it works, that's great. If what I've described it works, that's great. If something that neither one of us described is working for you, that's great. I, that's one thing. There's no one right to do list. And I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people fall into that trap. Another thing that you said that I think was super important is, you know, the guilt felt for not accomplishing that long to-do list every day, right? And and, and, and the weird thing about it is, like, we create this to-do list, and it's self-imposed guilt, (laughs) self-imposed. No one is, like, like, looking over our shoulder going, you didn't get your 20 things done today, right? So we're, like, we're creating this list. That's ultimately, ultimately making uh, ourselves miserable, right? And right. I, I think, yeah, we are, it's, it's the irony of it, right? And I think the fact that like, you notice and acknowledge that, right, three things a day, especially they're big tasks that are moving you forward, that's about the max. And that's the reality of it. It's about three to four things a day, maybe five if you're super efficient and they're not super huge things. That's about all you're really going to get done that is going to make an impact, Right. And, and knowing right. that, accepting that, acknowledging that, I think really does also, it, it sets realistic expectations, which is hugely important as well, um, because if your expectations are unrealistic, then you're always going to fail and you're always going to feel bad. Um, and if re- 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 uh, your expectations are realistic and you accomplish them, you're going to do what you said. You're going to feel super good about what you've accomplished for that day. That's important because that's reinforcing. So anyway... Um, I think that that was that was very well done on your part, and noticing that, acknowledging that, and then you know, creating a system that not only works for you, but that's self-reinforcing as you accomplish it as well, right? Because it motivates you the next day to want to get up and and do it again, right? So yeah, no, it's like it's just it's like being your athlete, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I like to consider myself an athlete, even though I'm not in any competitions, yeah. but for most yeah. of my adult, you know, teenage years and everything, yeah, and. Mm-hmm. I I think it's just like if you're on a team or in a sport and you do accomplish that little thing, you know, the coach is giving you the instructions and you finally get it. And then the next day comes and then you see that progress. And you don't want your list to be the ball and chain that holds you back. Right. And a lot of times that right. was a thing that would be holding me back and that guilt, mm-hmm. like you said. You're like, what am I doing mm-hmm. to myself? Yep. Yep. And I think yep. what's also important is when you're forced to pick one thing you know, yeah. or three, uh-huh. you know, overall, then it really leads you to prioritize what is the most important yeah. thing. You yeah. know, what is most pending? What is most urgent? Because, yeah, there are a lot of things I would like to do. And if the reality is if I have two speaking engagements and I have a commitment, you know, to take someone to practice, 
I won't be able to get all those things done. So what is the most important thing that I can yep. do? And yes, yep. check. I, I accomplished it. I feel good. And I'm taking that positive energy into the next day. But it also allows you to weed out the things that you don't really need to be doing that become yep. time killers. So that's, yep. a, that's a really good point, too, that I wanted to bring back up. Let's see if we have time for a couple of more. We have some good ones. This one I think is really good. I think I don't know if it's going to stump us, though. What's the difference between knowing my purpose and knowing my passion is another question from one of our listeners. You know, um, that is a good question. And really, they're, 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 they sound like they'd be similar, but they're not. Because really what passion is, is it's, what, it's really what gives you that fire, what gives you that energy to, to get up every morning and, you know, and really mm-hmm. tackle big, hairy, audacious goals, right, to deal with those right. setbacks, to deal with, um, like, the ups and downs. And, and you know, it, anytime you're trying something huge, difficult, never been done before, whatever, it's never a straight path. It's never just, like, you know, super easy. It's always going to be, you know, two, uh, two steps forward, one step back. It's just going to be that way, right? And so that passion is what allows you to continue, and and you know, in the, during those moments of doubt, during those moments of fear, right? You know, during those mm-hmm. moments when your family, your friends are like, "Why don't you quit this and go get that safe, secure job?" Right? You know, why mm-hmm. are you staying up at two in the morning, morning, creating like your, your first book, your first novel, you know, your podcast, whatever you're doing, right? And, and, and that's what passion. Passion allows you to do that. Purpose is where you put that passion, right? Purpose mm. is like what, like what are you here on earth to do, right? You know, are are are, mm-hmm. you, are you here? Like in my case, is, are you here to to inspire leaders to achieve more, to do, to think bigger, to be better, right? Like that's I, I, it took me a long time to get there, but that's what my purpose. Like, like I said, leader. I'm a, I really enjoy leading people. Uh, to, to think bigger, better, bolder, whatever, right? And so my passion fuels my purpose. And so that's mm. kind of how I view them. So, you know, if, if, if everything is aligned, they work together beautifully. If they're not, mm. then, you know, it, that doesn't mean things don't work because I know people who, you know, have huge passion for – and they put their passion in their hobbies, whether it's, you know, uh, volunteering or whether it's, you know, extreme sports. Like, that's where their passion lies. But their purpose is somewhere else, whether it's, you know, their purpose is actually to be a lawyer or their purpose is to be an accountant or whatever, mm. right? And, and their passion right. and purposes don't align, but they're also people who don't jump out of bed and, like, ready to tackle the day every day. That You know, they work to support their passion, whereas when your passion and purpose is aligned, you know, your work is your passion, and your passion is your work, right? And those yeah. of us that are lucky enough to have those two align, we are blessed. Uh, everybody else doesn't mean you can't be happy. You just got to find it somewhere else other than work. <laughs> yeah, Sorry, you, know you just have to find it somewhere yeah. else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? No, I love. You know? I, <laughs> I love. I love your explanation of that. You know, I I see purpose as that lighthouse. And I see passion as the that the boat, the engine, the you mm-hmm. know the path that 
takes you to the lighthouse. And so I see the, the lighthouse as the light that's spinning and trying to get your attention and try to, you know, trying to draw you to it. And, you know, it's the guiding you. Bigger mm-hmm. than, yeah, it's guiding you. And I think, you know, depending on your life circumstances, and let's just equate it to, you know, stormy night, depending on how big mm-hmm. the waves are it may, or how far away you are from the lighthouse, it's going to be harder for you to figure out what the purpose is. And I think that if you focus you on finding those things, there we go. you can't hear me? Yeah, so yeah, I, I think that if, if you identify the things that bring you joy and you try to do more of those things in your day-to-day life, then I think it's the purpose of what you should be doing becomes clearer and clearer to you. And you can use those things that bring you joy to activate your purpose. So, for example... I absolutely have a passion for fashion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> surprise, yeah. surprise. I, but what shocked, I love yeah. about fashion is the textiles and the fabric, the, the history behind it and how clothing and culture intertwine and how fashion really is a way of telling the history of a time period and the power of communication as it relates to clothing and how we feel. And so there's mm-hmm. all these things that are wrapped up in fashion. And it completely makes sense to me why I was drawn to psychology. And, you know, I do believe my why is to help people. And I want to understand the human, the mind, behaviors, emotions, and how we can enhance those things and how we can use our environment and the things that we're given to enhance those things. And then my passion is the fashion, you know, not the only thing, because I love the arts and I love dancing and I love expressing myself and I see clothing as a way to express yourself. So how can I help others use this really powerful tool to express themselves? So that Mm -hmm. is a combination of bringing together the purpose with the passion, you know, and by zeroing in on the thing that I enjoy to do helps really clarify and guide me towards my purpose, you know, and so I thought initially it was just research or just clinical work, and what I realized is I can take that love of research, and I could take that one-on-one, you know, um, advising, and I could bring it into the space of fashion that I have a passion for, so those are tools, and the passion was fashion, and the purpose was helping others, and so as you said, if you're able to align all of those things, and you've hit mm-hmm. jackpot. Right. Yeah. You know, for some, it takes a lifetime. But the goal, I think, is to really just focus on doing more of what you enjoy in your personal life, in your relationships, in your work life. And then that's going to sort of clear that path. That's what's going to like calm the storm so you more clearly can identify your purpose. No, I agree. I I, I have to say, Angela, comment to your, your passion thing. Uh, this is uh, one of uh, Chris Carter said this one time on the show. He's like, he was talking about when he was, you know, professional when he was playing professional football and how he paid like exquisite attention to detail for his uniform. And just the quote was, you know, if you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you perform good. And and, and mm. that's so simple, but so profound, right? Like if you if you feel like you look good in your clothes, like you literally feel good, right? And, and when you mm-hmm. literally feel good about the way you look, like, like whether it's like you look sexy, whether you look professional, whether you know it's look, you look fly, whatever it may be, then you're going <laughs> to go out and you're going to perform at, at the best level you can possibly perform at whatever task 
the clothes are, are reflecting, right? Like if you're in that, you know, if you're in that business suit, you're going to get up and you're going to give that like, kick-ass presentation, right? You know, if you're out That's there right. uh, looking sexy in a little cocktail dress, you know, you're going to be fun and flirty and, and conversational and like, you know, uh, meeting new people, right? Like it's so, it's amazing how much clothes and like I said, like the, 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 the textiles and the color and the, and the fit, how much it truly does affect psychology, you know? Um, and it's like, if, once you know that, why not use that to your advantage? Absolutely. I 100% agree. And, you know, when I'm designing, I really focus on the inside of the garment just as much as the outside because I believe that mm-hmm. what you're seeing before it touches your skin is going to have an impact. How it feels against your skin Absolutely. is going to have an impact. And if you know the inside of the garment has just as much care and attention to it mm-hmm. as the outside, that's also going to make mm-hmm. you feel good. But there's also this parallelism as well where that's the same as us as, you know, beings. Like our inside is just as important, you know, how we feel. Absolutely, and how we yeah perceive things as what we're portraying on the outside and what we're portraying mm-hmm. on the outside can be a direct reflection of what we're feeling on the inside, right? And and vice versa. Yeah. You know, if you're putting mm-hmm. on a cozy sweater, then you're going to just, like, relax more back into the couch. And, you know, or if you're putting on this super tailored suit, all of a sudden the shoulders go back, the chin goes up, yep. you know. Yep. And so yep. there is this yep. interaction and play that goes in to what you're wearing and how you're feeling. And as entrepreneurs, it's something you can absolutely use to your advantage in your toolkit. You know, even mm-hmm. if you're not an entrepreneur, you know, yes, clothing is functional. Uh, absolutely keeps us warm and protected, blah, blah, blah. But it is such a powerful tool to help you feel a certain way mm-hmm. and then also mm-hmm. how to express yourself to the world. And we see that in cultures you know, throughout the globe and how they use their clothing and their colors and patterns to really yep. express their history and their identity within the community, you know, and, and their artistry. So I think that's an excellent point, you know, that maybe an athlete, an entrepreneur, a mother, you can really take advantage of all the tools that are around you at your disposal and yes. clothing is absolutely one of them. And it's another way of um, sending a message without actually have to say in a word, you know, uh, to, right. to everybody that sees what you're wearing, right? Um, and that's, you know, something you know, it's super powerful and to be aware of as well. I agree. And we just have a few more minutes before we want to wrap up. And so I just want to circle back so we can summarize the why and our mm-hmm. topic for today and how important it is to start with your why. And if you can remember the simple method of, taking a piece of paper, trust me, writing down something. I know it seems a little archaic, but it does make a difference. And write down why you want to do whatever it is. So, and just pick one thing. And maybe you're deciding to change your diet, for example. And why are you doing that? And it, does that reason, once you answer, does that reason feel good or not so good? And then you do that three times. You peel the onion layer. Right? You ask the why, you get the answer, see how it feels. If it feels good, keep going. If that answer feels good, keep going. And so you've truly examined why you're doing that. If it doesn't feel good, then maybe not make that choice, or maybe you need to reexamine why you're doing it. So that's just something I want to leave you with. Um, Ryan, do you want to say anything else about starting with your why? 
You know, I'm not starting with, but kind of following for what you're saying. I think something that's super important too is to really, like, like you mentioned earlier, remove the judgments for your uh, from your reasons why. I'm like, mm-hmm. big, as long as your why isn't hurting yourself or somebody else, does it really matter why you're doing something like to somebody? Like an example, I bring up with you all the time is like working out. I'm a huge believer that you will work out for vanity much harder than anyone ever will for health. Now, while you're working out for vanity, you will become much, much healthier. But people who work out for vanity are always in better shape than people who work out just for health, right? And that's not the most PC reason to, like, work out. <laughs> but, but, you know what I'm saying? But, like, but if that's your yeah. why and you're not hurting anybody else or yourself and you're actually getting in better shape, use that. If that's what gets you out of bed at 5 o'clock in the morning to go hit the gym, Use it. Don't be ashamed of it. Embrace it. Like, go with it. Because then you will be, like, you will now look better, feel better, perform better than you would have if you didn't embrace it and you, you know, didn't get out of bed at 5 o'clock in the morning to go work out, you know? So uh, that's that's, one, I, that's a big one, too. Just try to remove the judgments from your why. Um, because a lot of guilt comes with that. Love you know, that. we have a lot of, you know, history that we all deal with, so... Yeah, no, excellent closing point. Excellent closing point. So start with the why, re-examine, and please, when you are assessing your why, do it without judgment. So, so important. I want to thank you, all our listeners, for joining us for another episode of Unleash Your Supernova. And this is a new format, so we are going live with my co-host, Ryan Anderson. And I want you to, if you haven't already, Check out the book, get the book, pre-order it. It's released March 16th, and but it's available now for pre-order, and it's available at all your favorite bookstores, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and all the others. <laughs> so definitely go and get your copy of Unleash Your Supernova so you can begin to tap into your inner brilliance. Again, this episode is brought to you by the Pink Kangaroo Podcast Network, and that's Pink Kangaroo with a U, and it's a community of wild thinkers. So until next time, thanks again, and bring your questions. Looking forward to chatting with you again. And thank you so much, Ryan. It was so much fun. Of course. Thank you, Nova.